Welcome to episode two, season two of Divided We Stand. I am Joe McGuire, along with Duncan McPherson and Michael Gadiosi. Make sure you visit clovercrestmedia.com backslash Divided We Stand. You can also check out our Facebook page. And we're going to talk about uh, a post from earlier today on the Facebook page uh, in just a minute. You know, there was some really bizarre things said, okay? Uh, we'll get into that. Uh, the Nielsen Company estimates 37.2 million people watch Donald Trump's State of the Union address across the 12 TV networks. That is down from 46.8 million uh, who saw his last speech. That's the smallest audience of his presidency. The numbers were down everywhere except Fox News, and I'm not making that up. It was up like 6.2 million. Uh, it's clear who's over this and who's totally into it. Uh, the president then used a White House ceremony yesterday to celebrate his impeachment acquittal, saying he had been through hell in a process he blamed on leakers and liars who had unfairly accused him of misconduct in his dealings with Ukraine. Here's what he said. They brought me to the final stages of impeachment, but now we have that gorgeous word. I never thought a word would sound so good. It's called total acquittal. He said that standing with cabinet members, family members, and Republican lawmakers, total acquittal. No. I mean, question. Did OJ do it? Oh, you wanna you wanna hear my question. Did OJ do it? Yes or no? You think OJ did it? I think that the legal system worked well. From my perspective, it's better to let ten criminals go free than to convict one innocent person. So the standard for evidence has to be a hundred percent beyond a reasonable doubt. And if not, you have to acquit on principle because you can't risk imprisoning innocent people. Did OJ do it, Michael, yes or no? If it doesn't fit, you must acquit. Oh, you guys are the <laughs> worst. Hey, I can't Johnny Cochran yes no, said that. If it, they, I, How about so, Casey Anthony? Casey, oh. Did she do it? I was not there. You know, I, oh, my goodness. I, no, I'm going to be honest. I, I, I didn't follow that case too, too much. Reason I say it, total acquittals in those cases as well. I, I just, you know, when, when Bill Clinton was impeached and not removed, he uh, he was very humble. He apologized to the nation for what he did and what he said. This president is talking about how he was put out by the whole thing. Again, it, it's something he did. It, were, it was his actions. And, and the fact that Mitt Romney voted... For it, I mean, it tells you that this isn't just fake. This isn't a hoax. It's a real thing that happened. And you're right, Duncan. The the justice system says he's acquitted. Do you feel like you can trust this guy to do right going forward? 100%. Well, not 100% because you can never trust anybody 100%. But based on, you know... The way that things have been going, I do. I, I don't think that he committed any crimes um, in in relation to the Mueller probe or the impeachment trial slash investigation. Um, I don't think that anything that he did was improper. So I think that it's, you know, moving forward, things should be fine if he continues going the way that he has been going. I'm going to just pull my jaw off the table for a minute. <laughs> And I'll, I'll turn to Michael, and I'll ask you the same thing. <laughs> oh, great. Last week, Michael had the audacity to say he would take Trump's word over 
John Bolton's. John Bolton, a notorious honest man, a notorious note-taker of meetings. Someone who had just been fired and had reason to retaliate against his... Everybody. (laughs) Everybody's been fired in that White House. I mean, you can't tell me every person that's been fired that's said the things that they've said is just an angry employee. You, You guys are smarter than that. Come on. Really? That's part of it. I mean, Omarosa, I'll grant you. I'll give you Omarosa. Okay? But, man, Scaramucci, John Kelly, Rex Tillerson. I mean, the list is a mile long of these people that leave, and they're like, he's an idiot and doesn't know what he's doing. And you're looking me in the eyes after the second major probe involving a foreign government, and you're like, no, he's going to be fine now. I, I think it was I, fine before. But he wasn't. <laughs> That's where the disagreement I mean, the, comes in. But the evidence in the Mueller case is there. He did it. The decision was made to not indict a sitting president, which is a standard of the Justice Department. What evidence did Mueller's report bring out? Where, where was it that he worked with the Russians to turn the election in his favor? Michael, if they had that, he'd be in prison. Yeah, I would agree with you but, if he but, did that. But all of the all of the evidence pointed to that happening. Mueller, and, and of course, there was a meeting at Trump Tower, which amounted I, to nothing. Well, speaking of evidence, nothing happened at Mueller that report, page seventeen. Quote: Among other things, the evidence was not sufficient to charge any campaign official as an unregistered agent of the Russian government or other Russian principal. Second, while the investigation identified numerous links between individuals with ties to the Russian government and individuals associated with the Trump campaign, the evidence was not sufficient to support criminal charges. Further, the evidence was not sufficient to charge that any member of the Trump campaign conspired with representatives of the Russian government to interfere in the 2016 election. Did I mention Duncan sitting in for a resident liberal, Victoria Lang? (laughs) Um... Duncan will be joining the show in a full-time capacity, and I'm already regretting it. Um, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Well, listen. I wish Victoria was here. Here's, it would be nice here's to hear what yes. here is what Robert Mueller said when pressed. If the president was innocent or not, he said, if I meant to say that the president was innocent, I would have said the president was innocent. Well, of course, but it's not the job of a prosecutor to declare innocence. It's to decide guilty or not guilty. Right, but he couldn't he couldn't pursue it because of the statute that you cannot indict a sitting president, and he was very clear about Impeachment that. Impeachment is the way to d- indict a sitting president. And if, if they thought there was sufficient material to indict him, they could have tried to impeach him using information right. from the Mueller probe. Instead, the Democrats, who I openly admit are fools and <laughs> morons... You said it, not me. <laughs> they, they are. They are. I mean, and I'll, and I'll be honest, I, I'm mostly voting that way, but they are morons. They're, they really are. I mean, they, they, they should have never let Russia go. That's exactly where impeachment should have started. And then this Ukraine thing would have came up, and it would have just been the nail in the coffin. That's where they went wrong. But that's neither here nor there. Uh the Republican-led Senate voted to acquit Trump on two articles of impeachment, abuse of power, and obstruction of Congress, which to me is a joke. We'll get into that in a minute. Oh, yes. Senator Mitt Romney, Republican Utah, the only senator across party lines, voting to convict for abuse of power. He is the only member of the party of the president who was impeached to vote for impeachment in U.S. history. I'm curious, fellows. 
from a from a more conservative and a more libertarian viewpoint, what is your current view on Mitt Romney, who is a moderate Republican? Well, when I uh, think about the beach and people wearing flip flops, I think of Mitt Romney. <laughs> oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> yes, he, he look. Uh, Twenty eighteen, when he ran for uh, the Senate in Utah, taking yep. over Orrin Hatch's spot, uh, Trump endorsed him, and. Romney thanked him. Thank you so much. That was really kind of you, Mr. President. Now, after uh, after this Ukrainian business, look how he's turned on him. And look what he's saying about him now. Look what he did. He voted to convict him. But yeah, a couple of years ago when he endorsed him, he was fine. And this is not the only thing that Romney has flip-flopped on. There's other big issues he's flipped up, uh, flip-flopped on, like you know, abortion issues, gun control, uh, the Bush tax cuts, etc. The guy flip-flops. He, he, yeah, he's a moderate. He also wrote Obamacare, right? Yeah, and he also <laughs> he wrote the basis of Obamacare. He wrote, he you know, wrote exactly. The greatest Republican. idea Republicans ever had. And they somehow convinced you that the left came up with it and you all hate it. Insanity. Well, well I, I still hate it, even though I know yeah, Exactly. I don't care if Romney did it. I hated it, too. If yeah. It doesn't make a difference. Socialist health care is not a Republican principle. So the idea that he's a, quote, moderate It's Republican. not socialist. It's not socialist health care. That's, you know, it's debatable. Debatable. <laughs> so you never liked Mitt Romney to begin with. This this doesn't do anything Actively for you. Actively campaigned against him in 2012. Do you think that Mitt Romney's just posturing here? Do you think he did it because he knew there weren't enough votes? Or do you think the guy was taking a stand because he's a good man? I think he's really a Democrat. <laughs> uh, Duncan, that wasn't one of the options that I gave you. But okay, fair. Yeah. Um. The Senate voted 52-48 to acquit on the charge that he abused power, 53-47 on the charge that he obstructed Congress, which blows my mind. He wouldn't turn over documents or allow his cabinet to testify. That is the definition of obstruction of Congress. Well, am I wrong? Can we all, Tell me hey, I'm wait a wrong minute. about can that. Can we all You're say, wrong. one, two, three, Solyndra. <laughs> can we all say that? What did Obama do with Solyndra? When he was subpoenaed for documents for that, Congress subpoenaed him and called for witnesses. He blocked that. So why wasn't there a big deal about that? Fast and Furious. There's another one. Why? If we use the mentality of the Democrats, he should have been impeached too. Well, I mean, why okay. wasn't it's, he? It's, it's, well, why that's wasn't the question. He? Why wasn't he? If we're going to apply this to Trump, why didn't we apply it to Obama? But, but what does it matter... What we didn't do then, does that mean it's you don't the, do the right thing going it's, forward? It, it's That's not, again, no, it's your, a double your standards. logic is weak. No, no, no. no, no. Double it's double standard. standard. Yes, it is. There is double there's standards no there. There's no double standard. Obama it, did it the same Bill thing. Bill Clinton for a blowjob. No, they impeached Bill Clinton because he lied to a grand jury. About to, a blowjob. Yeah, statutory exactly. crimes for Bill Clinton. <laughs> he lied to a grand jury here's, about here's it. my perspective on the obstruction thing. I hate Bill Clinton. I wanted him impeached and removed for what he did. Then, I look back at, it, back at it in hindsight, and I compare it to this, and I'm like, if I wanted him out for that, bye. It's not even, I mean, apples and oranges. If you really believe Clinton, Clinton should have been removed, I don't. Think and you can look me in the eyes, and you can honestly tell me that what Trump did isn't wrong. But what did Trump do? I hate Clinton, but I would not have <laughs> voted to impeach him. Um, it's I, easy to say that now, isn't it? Well, you know, 
I don't think my position has changed over the years on that. Um, although I, was I don't know what your position was before five seconds ago, so I don't know. <laughs> no, but, I remember that well. I remember that well. And again, it wasn't because of, uh, of him having the affairs. He lied to a grand jury about it. He was under oath before a grand jury, and he lied. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. When it comes to impeachment or uh, obstruction of Congress and Donald Trump, you can't. He, it was not even close to coming to obstruction. The the House team sent subpoenas to the White House to ask for testimony by witnesses and ask for documents. The the legal team for the White House responded with a legitimate legal justification, saying that they were not being legitimately legally compelled to to comply with the subpoenas because the House as a body never voted to grant the impeachment investigation capability to a subcommittee the house 10 rule uh-huh. according to the uh, according to the the house managers took care of the subpoenas mm-hmm. and should have made them possible should have authorized the committee to issue subpoenas but they never issued any documents making that argument in response to the uh, to the 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 president's defense team so they, uh-huh. they effectively gave up so on a, on a technicality you'll take it well, that's the thing. That's what if, you're telling me. Well, well, here's okay. No, no, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, the law is important. If they didn't have the legal justification to issue subpoenas, it would set a precedent for the White House to comply with with when they're not being legitimately legally compelled. Next time, the House could decide to a subpoena for any given reason. The uh, the precedent would be set that the White House has uh-huh. you know, the slippery slope argument complied. that you know I hate. <laughs> You know I hate these arguments. Well, it's not a but, slippery slope. But if slope we let argument. it happen this time, then all oh, in the future, this is going to happen. It's, uh... No, there's no. It's not. We talked about <laughs> this last week. The slippery slope. Well, if we let gays marry, then people are going to want to marry their dogs and rocks. No, we'll draw the line at uh, just at humans. I don't think it's. A we slippery can draw a line. There's no such though. slippery slope. It's a nonsensical argument. I won't have it. I don't. I don't think it's a slippery slope slope argument at all. There's a. There's precedents are how people interpret the law absolutely you know? so, so it's not they couldn't it's not a slippery slope it's just setting a precedent right but here's the thing when when the house is set to investigate an impeachment they delegate the power to a subcommittee and the subcommittee does the investigation issues subpoenas talks to witnesses does all this the house is able to still function while the investigation right. is under underway from my perspective it seems like a political tactic to delay the, the proceedings in the Senate, crippling the, the body um, by pushing off significant portions of the investigation to the Senate. Um, because when the Senate is trying impeachment, the whole Senate, Senate shuts down and they can't work on any of their other legislative duties. So from my perspective, it seems like the House wanted to simultaneously cripple the presidency and the Senate by tying them up in an ever everlasting impeachment process um, when the investigation is supposed to be done in the in the House of Representatives to avoid slowing the Senate down on a large time scale. So for me, when they decided they wanted to rush the process to finish it by December and not fin- not follow the legal volleys. Like if you've ever if you've ever worked with lawyers, they go back and forth a million times offering justifications for refusing to comply with each other and the when there's an issue of of separation of powers that needs to be decided between two of the three branches of government, in this case Congress and the president, 
the, the Congress doesn't have the, the power to unilaterally, unilaterally declare that the presidency is acting out of their scope mm. of their power. It would need to be settled by the, by the judicial branch, third party. And they, ne- they neglected to pursue the subpoenas for witnesses and documents and neglected to take it to, to the judicial branch to have it mediated and to have a decision be made. Can I ask you a question then? Sure. Do you believe that the Democrats, and I'll ask you another question in a second about this, that they went into the impeachment knowing they were going to lose and that this is just this was just posturing? Largely. And the reason that they dumped it on the Senate is for political reasons. I would argue yes. You think that too? I can't I, say for sure I, because I, totally I can't agree read lines, but. I, I, I would believe that it seems more uh, it seems relevant to me that they would do that. Duncan keeps looking at me like he thinks he's winning. And this isn't I, I think he is He's I looking should... at me like that. <laughs> no, no. I mean, listen, I, I understand why last week uh, while you were producing this show, <laughs> uh, you were jumping out of your chair. You obviously have a lot to say on the subject. Yes. And listen, I'm 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 all for it. Um. I think it's important for people to talk and talk things out, and and let's be logical. That's about why this things. show is so great because we're getting perspectives from the left and right, talking in a cordial manner yes. to seek the truth and to find out to get to the bottom of it. You know, instead of just yelling at each other and Absolutely. calling each other names, devolving. This is another situation though where the Democrats knew going in they were going to lose, mm-hmm. and went about the process poorly. Uh, I think of Kavanaugh. I think of. Um, uh, who's the other chief justice? Why am I not thinking Gorsuch. of Gorsuch? Gorsuch. Yeah. I love Neil Gorsuch. Uh, who's you know? By the way, for all of the people on the left who freaked out about Gorsuch, uh, he's been wonderful. He's done a really good job. He's taken a real leadership role on the Supreme Court for anybody who doesn't follow the Supreme Court, uh, but has interpreted the law the way it's supposed to be interpreted, and it hasn't shown any particular leaning, um, which. Again, was the fear, you know, he's so right-wing. No, I mean, these guys are judges, and their politics aside, they've all done a really good job of um, not necessarily allowing their political leanings to determine what the law is. Their interpretation of law, yes, but not what the law is. And, and, I, and I give them credit for that. Um, all right. They, they go into this thing knowing they're going to lose. And then once again, like they did with with the Supreme Courts, uh, they act absolutely outraged when they lose. And, you know, I I sat back and I thought to myself. And and you obviously nailed it, Duncan, when you when you talked about all their shortcomings uh, in in the investigation and and the stall tactics and everything. Like I would be totally fine with as many witnesses and documents as they could possibly get if they followed the procedure and did it in the house i wanted the bidens to testify yeah i would love to see i would have i want everybody here's what i said about russia and and that whole investigation the emails and all that if donald trump ends up in jail and hillary clinton ends up in jail i don't care i'm good either way for me if you break the law, I don't care who you are. I don't care if you're in the party I like today or the party I liked yesterday. For sure. You're Absolutely. out. Got to be principled about that, for sure. No, I we're don't, all in agreement in that one. I yeah. don't like Trump. 
I don't like the things that he's done. The idea that they've even had to to, to do an impeachment and to bring on a, a, a special prosecutor speaks volumes about the way the guy does business. We talked last week about disagree. his personality. I'm not even going to we won't even get into what an what an idiot he can be sometimes. No, Duncan. It's I I will say this. There's I've seen again as someone who's not a Nancy Pelosi fan, who's who's not a fan of the Democrats or the left at all. There was plenty of evidence in this case. There there were distinguished people left, right and sideways. Um who who reported on this the whistleblower i mean uh, you know all the people we saw testify distinguished americans so so this wasn't like a fake thing that happened your interpretation of what he said i disagree with it it it, it seemed it seemed exactly what people thought it was it was a it was a a, a quid pro quo it was obvious what he was doing. On the phone call, you mean. Correct. Well, you keep saying yeah. Zelensky wasn't pressured, Michael. No, he was not. And he's hedging his bets because he no. knew, like the whole rest so, of the country knew, that there was no way the guy was getting so, impeached. Why would he speak against so, Trump when he already knows he's screwed? So basically, in essence, what you're saying is Zelensky's lying. You just told me John Bolton, who's a great American, is lying. So why wouldn't I say Zelensky's I didn't say, lying? I didn't say Bolton. You did no. say he's lying. No, no, no. Bolton said Hang the opposite on. of what Hang Trump on. said. I said. So by virtue of you, then it's got to be a lie. didn't quite say that he was lying. I said there's credibility. <laughs> Your choice of words. No, wait a minute. There's credibility issues, I find, with John Bolton. That's what I was trying to tell. And that's what I meant last week. There are Donald some credibility Trump has told issues with him. Fifteen thousand documented lies. You can't. Don't bring up credibility. It, That's nonsense. I'm not saying, so I'm not saying Trump is. <laughs> look, I'm not saying Trump is is an angel and that if, he's credible if, too. If they've gotten eight or nine stories wrong, Actually, as yeah. many as Fox News, I, I, I'm not going to get into that. <laughs> I There's, retract my comment. I can't say so does CNN because that would accept as fact that Trump has told that number of lies and without 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 <laughs> <laughs> investigating that myself and confirming. Can that. you look it up now? I'll well, it wait. Would, it would take hours. To look it won't. 15, it's everywhere. Lies. Fifteen thousand. You. How many would you? Let me ask you this. <laughs> I think a lot of times what he does is he'll he'll intentionally get a figure wrong or something to draw attention to that and have the mainstream media cover something that they otherwise and they do. Well, it's funny. He did in the State of the Union. He talked about uh, there being something like twenty nine, uh, or he said there were a hundred thousand jobs being created with the uh, Canada Mexico America agreement. They're saying experts are saying twenty six thousand. The White House predicted seventy six thousand. He just took the number, added it together, and said a hundred thousand. <laughs> no, I see you laugh, but it, that's. I mean, that's just dishonest. That's a lie. That's a that's a lie. That's a a lie that didn't need to be told. It's possible. Yeah. Hey, somewhere between twenty five and seventy five thousand jobs. Oh, that's cool. Why say a hundred? Why mislead people? There's no reason for that. We're smart people, Duncan. We deserve the truth. Don't we? Yes. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> I'm glad you said that. We do. We do. We're going to get into that just in a couple minutes. I wanted to ask you this, though. Uh, at the State of the Union, Nancy Pelosi tears up the speech, having, having already been dissed on a handshake. Uh, 
I'm not convinced that he saw her hand, just for the record. He was already sort Don't of turning get, Are away. you serious? Yeah, yeah, Really? Yeah. No, I mean, I mean if, it's if customary he, to just shake the lady's hand. If he did see her hand, I would not be surprised at all if he turned her down and dissed her. Yeah. But also, at the same time, he handed a speech to Mike Pence right before that, and Mike Pence didn't try to shake his hand, so he could have just passed one out, passed one out, and continued on his business. Well, him. I don't think Mike Pence touches his hand. <laughs> um, all right. She's being called immature for what she did. And to a degree, I, I agree, it looks like sour grapes having just lost an impeachment that you mishandled, having suffered other losses to this guy over the last couple of years. Do you think, I mean, I, I, I can almost answer my own question at this point because I've read enough about it now. Did, did this completely diminish her in the eyes of the American people and you in particular? I would say to a degree, yes. I mean, you think about what was in that speech, not just not just the fact check and stuff. I'm talking about people, the, the Tuskegee Airmen. They talked about him, that reunion of that soldier with his family. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, even Rush Limbaugh getting the Medal of Freedom. There. Yeah. Okay. All, all these great American stories. A all hero these, of mine growing up, by the way, Rush. A great American stories we heard in, in these uh, positive, upbeat that, that reflects the beauty of America and everything that was in that speech. And she just, and she actually, you know, under the table yeah, started to rip it up. She tore it up prior. right at the end. And she tore up those people's, they, they, she tore up those people's stories too. Not just, not just Trump's. Oh my Come God. On. Yes, wow. she did. Wow. Yes, she You're did. You're going there. I okay. am going there. Duncan, well, I got a feeling this is going to be worse, so go. <laughs> what do you got? It's impossible to diminish the standing of Nancy Pelosi, in my opinion, Absolutely. because she's already, you know, flat on the ground. Can't get any lower than she's, that. She's, she's subterranean. Uh, Why is that? Just everything about her is loathsome. But this, uh, referring to the uh, the ripping of the papers, specifically of the speech, I thought that it was emblematic of the Democrats and just their entire existence following the moment the president was <laughs> was elected. They're just throwing a petulant tan- temper tantrum for three-plus years at this point. And so it was just perfectly in character. It's easy to say that if you excuse everything he's done. If you if you put no responsibility on his own actions, his own words, and I, I feel like you're doing that or a little if, bit, if and you, I don't think that's right. It de- I would I would grant you the 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 uh uh the the tantrum the the constant <laughs> I'll give you that but you have to admit he's done nothing to make anybody not come after him I don't know I when I watch his speeches I I consistently hear messages messages of unity and and um you know working together and we all bleed the same red blood, isn't that what he said? Absolutely, he says uh, that all the time. He's constantly yeah. trying to bring people together, and I just see the, the the mainstream media, specifically CNN, NBC, you know, those those. You, you understand Fox is the most watched network, so to, to pretend that's not mainstream, just because oh, no, they're, no, I'm, I'm just not saying Fox they're delivering, mainstream. just because they're delivering a a uh, weird, very uh, inoculated, <laughs> conservative fantastical view of what's going on doesn't doesn't make them not mainstream. No, I, I would not. They're more they're, mainstream than anyone else. As a matter of fact, there there's more viewers on Fox News than all of those combined. <laughs> yeah. There they are. they control <laughs> they control the thoughts of a lot of people. <laughs> it has helped shape the opinions no. of a lot of people. Sure. So sure. 
uh, their particular brand of journalism is a little questionable, I'll be honest. I would just say that 90% of the mainstream media is is heavily left-leaning. It's an effective oligopoly. Exactly. Uh, so... <laughs> I mean, it's all the same. I yeah. mean, it is all the same, whether it's Fox News or CNN or MSNBC. And they're just constantly talking about how he's so full of hate and how he's dividing people. But all I see him saying is is inclusive messages. and messages When he of, says things on Twitter like, your favorite president ever, who's he talking to? Is he talking to people like me who don't like him? Is he talking to people like Victoria who loathe and despise him? Or is he talking only to you? He's a People troll, who support sure. him. You know, he's yeah. definitely a troll. <laughs> you can't feel good about that. I love it. You can't <laughs> feel good about that. I love well, if it. You, what if, if you the hate next him, yeah. president is a Democrat and they troll you? You're not going to like it. No. I, You're I, not going to like it. I felt constantly trolled by Obama, you know, and I didn't like it at all. Please tell me where you – again, I was a person it, – it probably until his last year or so in office, I thought he was garbage. So I never felt um, trolled at all by that guy. Um, I felt like you know every... I, I often hear people talk about his reaction uh, or his response to the people of Ferguson and how he worsened relations in America and and I was like, oh yeah, what a and I went and looked it up and you know what he actually told the people of Ferguson? Nope, go home. What are you burning your own neighborhoods down for? If you want to make a change, vote sure. Absolutely. I agree with that, yeah. that I would agree That's with what too. he said. Yeah. And it was completely misreported by right-wing media, literally, until I just told you guys that. I mean, I went and looked it up myself because I thought, well, race relations are pretty bad. How bad of a president was Obama? I never. I voted for Romney and I voted for McCain. Gladly. Gladly. And all I saw was a, a Republican Congress that didn't want to do anything for the American people as long as there was a Democratic president in office. And and that that doesn't work for me. I mean, that's that's like eight years of, like, we're just going to make nothing happen for the American people. I don't like that. See, I wouldn't look at it that way. From the way I saw it is that you had a Congress who was refusing to betray the ideals of America to follow in the leftist But, but Duncan, because stuff. you you have, and, and, and this is the one flaw in your character, <laughs> I think you're a, an, an amazing person otherwise. You, and you've told this to me, and if I'm misquoting at all, you, you tell me, no compromise is what you told me. You don't like leftist values, which generally favor citizens and rights, uh, which is a libertarian, I would think, would be appealing. But I, from from my perspective, the left tramples all over rights. There's no focus on individual rights. It's focused on the collective rather than the individual. Absolutely. Example. Example: socialized healthcare, where you take taxpayer money and and use it to um, provide things for for the people from a federal standpoint, from the federal government. But how does insurance work? What do you mean? How does insurance work? Well, the insurance and in, I is insurance industry is all screwed up. The the more people you have on an insurance plan, yeah. But so if you're hold on, if you're a big company, large corporation, and you've got four thousand employees and they all buy into the healthcare program, it's cheaper for everybody. So you, you're extrapolating. You're saying using the entire American populace at, and the same idea would make things cheaper theoretically and on principle. Is that where you're going with that? Yes, argument? I am. But I'm saying that. Those private insurance companies, people are voluntarily contributing to those pools. When you take it out of voluntary participation and put it on a national, federal scale, 
enforcing compliance, you're violating the the principle of the non the non aggression principle. Here. It's the worst thing to be forcing people to do. Forcing people to do anything is where forcing I where people, I have no compromise. Forcing people to pay for health care is not a bad thing. To pay for other people's health care. Everybody's paying in though. Everybody, even if you don't pay federal taxes, you're still you still have you still have deductions in your paycheck so th- that go towards paying for this so, stuff. So, so that's not that's let's inaccurate. Say, let's say on like let, I'm just going to forfeit it on on merit for the sake of argument that you're right about this. Just for the just, <laughs> just, just, just for I the am, sake of argument, I know about this, but fine. Um, then amend the constitution to allow the federal government to be involved with health care. Article one, section eight delegates the powers to Congress. Nowhere in there are they authorized to have anything to do with health care. If you think that they should be involved, think that the system would merit well, the the population. You turn me on to the sixteenth <laughs> amendment, which created the IRS, which also in that amendment says that there's no um New taxation powers right. and granted. Even though it created the the IRS, it's arguably there is an argument to be made, a legitimate argument that it was never properly ratified. Correct, it's, it's, that, it's, and that it also it's, violates the Fifth Amendment. So this thing uh, on like eight different levels, and there was a 1920 Supreme Court uh, uh, determination that your personal wages was your personal prop, uh, your your personal labor was personal property. Right. Income would be defined by the Supreme Court as gain derived by corporate activity. Yes. So, so sometimes things get misconstrued. You'd Definitely. agree with that. Definitely. But I, you know, like, and you and I are on the same page on that, by the way. Yeah, absolutely. And we'll do a whole absolutely. show on that because, uh, boy, oh boy, did you turn me on to yeah, some stuff. We need to work on that. There's, there's got to be some work done. The movement <laughs> will begin. Yeah. But, but I'm, you know, if, if, if people think that the federal government has the capacity to do something good for the people, then they need to amend the constitution to allow it because you know, the fruit of the poisonous tree, OJ, Ron Goldman, potentially messing with evidence. You know, once something like that happens, everything from that point is compromised and is no longer legitimate. It's like the same thing with uh, the, 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 the subpoena rights for the impeachment. If they never authorize the Judiciary Committee to, to issue subpoenas related to impeachment specifically, then everything beyond that point is is legally nullified or is fruit of the poisonous tree and could therefore theoretically be thrown out. I think they could have thrown out the impeachment, but they didn't want to because they didn't want to leave a question lingering of was there any... Oh, help? yeah, no, they definitely <laughs> wrapped up all the loose ends, Duncan. So they wanted to, right. to acquit instead of, uh, <laughs> instead of uh, dismiss, which they could have done. But, but my point is that if you think that there's something that's good to do you need to follow the appropriate and legal steps to make it happen so that it's constitutional and there can't be anybody in the future who points out oh the entire drug war is completely unconstitutional because they had to pass the 18th amendment to outlaw alcohol and then pass the 21st to repeal that they never passed any amendments to make drugs illegal other drugs so using the precedent of prohibition there's no legal justification for the drug war at all you know, the same argument could be made about healthcare, education, any any of these areas that the government has gotten involved in, without modifying the constitution, the constitution through the, you know, the system of amendments. But the government's always been involved in education. I mean, pretty much from the get go. Look how they've handled it. <laughs> well, we're here. Look at it's Google. We're here. We're we're doing all right. Google Kenny Hignite. The name Kenny Hignite. A 1956 or late 50s social studies test will come up on on Google. 
filled out by this kid named Kenny Hignite. And the questions on there, nobody today could answer them. This kid aced the questions. He got like an A or something. But nobody today could answer this, this, <laughs> the questions on this social studies test. K-E-N-N-Y-H-I-G-N-I-T-E. Just shows you how drastically the system has changed over the past 70 years and how you know the things that people were taught back then were common knowledge people have no idea about these days like naming your local representatives things like that nobody can do that for the most part all right you find it no actually i'm looking at the all right. uh, different types of search i didn't find that yet interesting well yeah. you know over the past couple of years google has heavily modified their algorithms to hide things <laughs> i mean oh my goodness gracious oh, yeah. <laughs> who did the shooting in vegas i mean for real um, I can't remember the guy's name, but no, was... I know it wasn't the guy. What was the conspiracy theory? Are you there? Um, no, I mean I know there was like a crazy arms deal going on down the street with Saudi Arabia, and there was another shooting in a lobby of a hotel nearby, and all kinds yeah. of weird things going on. They stockpiled guns in the guy's room in Vegas, like he was, you know, there's no way he could have shot all those guns. It was like he was there for an arms deal or something. But I, I, I don't, I'm not, I don't recall the details of. The specific conspiracy theory that you're talking about, although I am quite an expert. I figured in I, I don't. Theories. I don't know any. I figured you would. Oh, all right. Just, so you were just. I was just taking a crack at it, Duncan. That's a new one. Nailed for me. it. I didn't hear about that one. That's a new one for me. Yeah, yeah. Check um, it out. Some Republicans, including Trump, initially wanted to summon witnesses such as Joe Biden's son Hunter, uh, who they felt would help exonerate the president or at least uh, fling some mud in the Democrats' direction. McConnell warned opening the door to witnesses would introduce uncertainties and lead to, quote, mutually assured destruction for both parties. Now, I was all for a fair trial, as was Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski, and Mitt Romney. Um, McConnell shut it down. This is the first time in the three impeachment trials in U.S. history that the Senate did not call witnesses. Do you guys have a problem with both parties putting party over country? Absolutely. I mean, I'll, I'll be with you on this one here. I think they should have had witnesses come in because, yes, they the, the Trump's team could have called the Bidens. They could have called the, the whistleblower. I they, still would love the Bidens to explain. Uh, yeah. Well, I'm not accusing them of anything, but I would love to know how Hunter got that gig. I really am curious. But you know, I'm t I, my thing is this: even though this Definitely. this thing appears to be over, I don't think it's over by a long shot because the. The, the House has vowed that they're going to bring John Bolton in. They're going to look into investigating this further. And I think just like uh, Congressman Al Green from Texas said, we can impeach him more than once. And I think that's where they're going to be going with this. I don't think they're going to let this rest. Yeah. I don't, first of don't think they're going to be done with it and say, OK, that's it. They're they're not finished yet, and they probably will call John. I'd said Ted Big Macs and over they, there, and they will <laughs> take and, them out, and they'll try to get Don McGahn's testimony. They'll try to get him, uh, Nick Mulvaney, and those guys in yeah. to testify. So it ain't over, you know, like Yogi said, it ain't over till it's over. This is not over. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I would argue that I would not say there's sufficient evidence to claim the Republicans put party over over country. Because it's from from where I stand, it's a it's a process issue. I would have been a hundred percent behind having John Bolton, the Bidens, anybody, any evidence, right. any documents, as long as they followed the prescribed procedure right. in the House to have it done. But it's like the like I keep saying, the fruit of the poisonous tree. Once they moved it to the Senate, all the investigation needed to be done at that point to minimize the time that the Senate is occupied. The whole body, you know, working on the trial. So from 
the the idea that the Republicans put party over country, I disagree with. I think that it's a purely um, apolitical stance to say that the pro- procedure needs to be followed to so that the Senate isn't wasting its time. What if school. Obama had beaten something on a technicality? I'm all in favor of people beating things on technicalities. Like I've said right at the start, I think it's better for 10 criminals to go free than one innocent person to uh, be convicted and imprisoned. So if technicalities are what, you know, let some murderers go free, but also what saves some other innocent people, then, you know, I'm all for it. How do you feel about unarmed citizens, black, white, or other, being shot and killed by police? I don't think there should ever police. be unarmed citizens. Oh, my goodness. I set myself <laughs> no, up for that no, one, Duncan. And, and I, <laughs> I set myself that. up for that. <laughs> yeah. That was the first thought that I had in my head when you said that. It's like there should not be unarmed citizens. Yeah. There should you, never you guys be. seriously want or would be comfortable with everyone being strapped? I, well, the safest I've ever felt in my life was hiding out in a secret clubhouse in New Hampshire um, <laughs> with state senators and everything like that. And um, everybody was armed to the teeth, and I've never felt safer in my entire yeah. life. I mean, there is responsible gun ownership. There is, there, there has to be responsible gun ownership. There's mostly, mostly, mostly responsible yes. gun ownership. Yes. But odds are, Duncan and Michael, that <laughs> if everybody had a gun, that the chances of the responsible gun ownership being at 100% is zero. Right. And of course, but, well, right. you know, with freedom comes danger comes I mean, that's, death that's, uh, <laughs> according to duncan yeah. that's right. just something if you want freedom you have to accept that safety is not uh mutually you know it's not it's not Absolutely. part of the deal you know if you want freedom you have to take responsibility onto yourself mm-hmm. to to keep yourself safe those who would trade liberty for freedom deserve neither and end up losing ben both franklin said, uh, yeah. ben franklin yeah. right ish you know because you never know the exact quotes nowadays <laughs> something to that effect but that's that general spirit is yes. Former Illinois congressman and conservative talk show host Joe Walsh ended his bid to challenge Donald Trump. He called on Republicans to reject the GOP and to elect Democrats. Calling the Republican Party a cult, Walsh said he was booed off the stage by primary voters when I said we should expect decency and honesty from our president. Is Joe Walsh wrong? Joe Walsh is making the claim to the president's base that the president is not decent or honest by imp- by implying that in the question, which is offensive to people who disagree with that opinion. But you're disagreeing with facts. Well, facts. You don't want to call them facts. I understand that. But they are generally accepted facts by the majority of people who see them. And this is sort of my beef here where – like the right wing media has created this like this alternate world where you're all wearing these rose colored glasses for the friggin' host of the apprentice. And I, I swear to God, I don't know. I mean, maybe if it was Bill Gates or like <laughs> the worst Bill Gates, is the some worst. Ge- I mean, I'm just being somebody, some genius. Here's the thing though. I don't know. I you guys don't seem to like anybody other than Trump. So I, I get confused sometimes. Who's next? I'm still wearing my Ron Paul 2008 bracelet. Hell uh, yeah. Because I love it. I, I wouldn't take I, a bullet for Ron Paul. No I, questions asked. I, I loved Ron Paul. Yeah, I he's did. the man. He, so he I don't totally agree did. with everything Trump you right. know, says. He's not. He's no Ron Paul. And no. I was not a fan of Trump before he was the president. Um, so, so you just fell in line? 
No, I, 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 leading up to the presidency, the last election, I had fallen into a level of complacency and apathy where I was no longer um, doing due diligence on, on news and things like that, doing my own research. So leading up to the election, I was, I was brainwashed by the mainstream media and believed the things that they were saying about Trump. And I just thought it was, you know, like the South Park episode, a choice between, uh, you know, a beep sandwich and uh, whatever the, you know, you know two, two bad choices for president, you know. So it was only on election night when I knew that it was supposed that Hillary was the chosen the chosen one that it was going to be rigged for Hillary. And when I saw that Donald Trump was winning, I was like, wait a second, what is going on here? This, mm -hmm. this shouldn't be happening. So I started doing a little research and, you know, came to the conclusion that I've reached, which is that everything that 90% of the mainstream media said about Trump was blatant mischaracterization and, uh, and defamation to try to just ruin his chances. Nothing they've ever reported about Donald Trump has not been true. Name one thing they've said about Trump that wasn't true. Trump moved the Martin Luther King bust out of the Oval that Office. That was the first thing they the first said. Thing first thing. But it, did, but it did get moved. It moved. No, they said he no. moved it out of the office. It got changed in the office. It got moved to be cleaned. I mean, so, it, that, it, so then it's disingenuous. But it wasn't to report where it was. Moved. So what was stated wasn't inaccurate. The idea that Trump did it was a, was a, obviously a bit of a claim to make. The implication was that it had been taken out of the yeah, it had been taken e out excised of the, from the Oval Office yeah. on a permanent. Which was basis. about half true. Is, <laughs> is the point? This is what we call poisoning the well. This mixing is what we call a technicality. With, with, no, 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 like no. Those. No, this is different than a technicality. This is why is it different the well. than a technicality? Because it's a technicality because this time you lose. No, 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 no. Technicality. You can't call it a technicality only when it favors you. No, technicalities are technicalities. <laughs> this is poisoning the well. This is a this is a disinformation. Stop tactic. with that poisoning the well fruit of the tree. <laughs> only you guys use that nonsense. What does that even mean? Poisoning the well is a tactic where you. Oh, mix. I know what it is. Oh, you just asked what it meant. I know so. what the tactic. <laughs> I, but yeah. I, I only hear right-wing people use that in their arguments. Again, it goes in because line it's with a the common, slippery slope. Because it's a common you it's know, a tactic of the left. Notion. <laughs> it's a ridiculous, well, if you do this, then these other horrible, more horrible, and progressively more horrible things are going to happen. I, I hate that line of thinking. But I'm not, I'm not, there's no, there's no argument that worse things <laughs> are going to happen. I'm just saying that they lied about the bust, you know, that there's no slippery slope. No, they didn't lie either. about the bus. The bus was not where it was. But they claimed that it had been moved out on a permanent basis. People that was were the, speculating was as to what article. happened to it. it. That is probably the weakest argument you could have even come up with. Or example, <laughs> give me another story that they made up. The porn star? No, no, that was true. I mean, uh, the, the other porn star, it's like every, that was true. Every headline is twisted. And grab him by the pussy. That was true. I mean, none of these grab things by the weren't pussy. true. He said they let you grab him by the pussy. Okay, let's let's talk he about. Said, yeah, they let you. Yeah, a consensual. Because people like that. He's no, talking about Duncan, a consensual Duncan, agreement. You know that's not true. No, that's totally true. No, these, Duncan. These p women like this go to events like this, hoping to come out with gifts. You know, things like this. Who does these? The gold digging women that do what this type gold of stuff. digging women? They're gold. Digging you know women. gold. Gold digging women? No, no, I don't know any personally. No, I don't have any money. You're not. You're gold. <laughs> I do have some gold. <laughs> you probably do have gold, don't you? Yeah. It's not a lot. More but silver. It's all gold. Yeah, not much gold, but much more silver. <laughs> oh my God, Duncan, you are tremendous. <laughs> tremendous. Uh, huge. Absolutely tremendous. Huge. huge. Do you do all your banking literally in your bedroom? 
I would assume. Dude, all on my phone. It's under the anywhere. It's under the mattress. Yeah. <laughs> is that what's going on? It's, uh, Gold's there, out in the yard. There is a safe involved. Uh, <laughs> <you know>. <laughs> <laughs> Are you off the grid? I wish. I wish I was. Do you have a social grid. security number? Ugh, not no. by my choice. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, my it wasn't goodness. my idea. All right. Uh, wow, I feel like we've gone nowhere here tonight. Uh, boy, I miss Victoria way more than I thought I would. Uh, all right, we're going to get local here for a minute. Uh, Governor Ned Lamont of Connecticut addressed lawmakers this week. He said he wants to address vaccination exemptions. Meanwhile, opponents held a rally at the state capitol in an effort to keep the religious exemption in place. Advocates are saying that they plan to have a regular presence throughout the session in support of the exemption. Uh, the Democratic leaders agree with the governor. State Rep and House Majority Leader Matt Ritter said, and I don't love this quote, it's not your choice. You have control over your own body until your decisions can affect other people. I don't believe in religious exemptions. I don't like religions uh, that, that don't pay taxes. Uh, no taxes, no saying government. Uh, what are your thoughts on religious exemptions for for things? Uh, again, we've seen the measles making a comeback and tuberculosis. There are no need for religious exemptions because there's no moral or legal justification for mandatory vaccines. It spreads disease, though. That doesn't justify... Were you vaccinated? Against my will, yeah. Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. Here's like Think about how, on one hand, people say the government shouldn't be involved with what you do with your body when they're talking about abortion. But when you get to vaccines, the government wants to be all up in your body, injecting you with all kinds of things against your will. You gotta well, have No, it. that's not true. Sure it is. Your doctor yes. administers the tea. Your your pediatrician. Yeah, but on if if it's mandatory, it's by the government decree. My 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 kids pediatrician is giving them vaccinations that will potentially save their lives. Right. I have a daughter who's autistic. She did not get it from vaccinations. And I know this because my other three kids had the exact same vaccinations and they're fine. Okay. There there's there. That, that's not a thing. They, I mean, polio was a problem and polio's gone, <laughs> but here we go. It's, it's... And, and no, the, the, I, I, I know how you feel about the government. There there's, there's a reason we have a standing army but regard, right, for our protection. Regardless of how I feel about the government, the argument you're making is that the ends justify the means, and I can just never get behind that philosophically. You can't have rights violations that are justified by the overall positive effect that they allegedly have in the end. Rights violations are rights violations. Do you know what happens when, when, when they allow immigrants into the country who aren't vaccinated? Do you know what they do? What? They administer vaccinations to them to allow them to enter the country. Right, I would be against that. You would you would have I would say people just humans. show up here from from China, let's say, unvaccinated people from China. You're you'd be cool with that. I'd say you'd that, sit in the uh, waiting room with those folks right now. Yes, not by choice. But here's the thing. <laughs> I don't know what that means. Like I wouldn't go sit in the waiting room with <laughs> with immigrants. I would I would have no reason to be in that same waiting room. But. Uh, well, they, they go to the same doctor as you. This is just a universal principle. Individuals have unalienable 
natural rights, which the government has no authority to revoke or infringe upon unless said individual has waived his rights by violating the rights of other people. So in this country, from from my perspective, from my research, individuals are designed to, to be as sovereigns and uh, to for the government to claim authority to issue medical treatment to individuals would re- would require a breach of rights, uh, the autonomy of the sovereign. Duncan, I can't send my son in with a peanut butter and jelly sandwich to school. That would be a school policy. Which... Be, it's not a school policy. It's a citywide policy. You see it in a lot of cities all over this country where there are classrooms that are peanut free. Right. My son loves peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. He won't eat cold cuts. He's not into fluff. He's not a Nutella guy. He likes peanut butter. And I he doesn't have the right to bring peanut butter in his lunch. I would argue he does have the right that the city is infringing upon that right. But what if it kills somebody in his class? Is that according to you just if, if price people, of freedom. If people are going price is, of freedom, is that right? It, it is kind of the price of freedom. If people are going into public areas with certain medical conditions, they're taking a risk upon themselves, uh, putting themselves in danger. So you're suggesting nut allergy kids should go to oh, home I school? I'm suggesting that Toughen the, up? the rights of individuals can't be infringed for the benefit of other people's potential safety. Are you single? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, that was mean. No, no, it wasn't mean. Not at all. <laughs> you don't care about anybody else. Oh, I care about everybody else in – to an extreme degree, I have empathy that shoots through the roof, which is why I care so much about protecting everybody's individual rights at any cost with no compromise. Michael. Well, I would tend to agree with that because, listen, here's why. People have individual rights. They have the the choice to make if they want to get vaccinated or not. So here's here's the thing. I chose not to get the flu vaccination this year. Me too. And guess what I got? I got the flu. <laughs> this is the first time this ever happened, but I chose not to do that. I I think with the religious exemptions, I'm going to say as, as someone who is a Christian and I was a church leader as well, and I was talking to Duncan about this earlier, uh, things like a 5013C, I don't agree with that. I don't think a church should have that. Right. Like I said, it's discrimination to yeah, give special exactly. groups tr- special treatment. And I don't think it, they should have. If you're going to start a church, you pay taxes. The, in the Bible, what did Christ say? Guys, you winning me over. What, what, did Christ, <laughs> what did Christ say in the Bible? He's asked, do, should we pay taxes to the Romans? And what did he do? He showed them a coin. He said, Caesar, right? Well, pay, it, pay to Caesar what's rendered to Caesar and the things to God to God. And besides all that, when and a then church, they crucified him. That's true. <laughs> yeah, so but besides yeah. all that, if a church, if one of the reasons why I would be against the church having that fire is because the government can then step in and say, "Okay, listen, you, you you're exempt. You do this, you do this. Otherwise, we're going to take that away." So now they're they're like pawns of the government, and that's why I really don't agree that churches should do that. They should be individual, autonomous, running local church bodies. So I. I don't really agree too much with religious exemptions, to be honest with you. I know it sounds crazy for someone who's a conservative like a, me yeah, that would say that, and someone who's a Christian that would but say it's that. Logically consistent, but that's and that's why. Well, I think at the end of the day, I think that that's all you can be is right. is logically consistent. That's the goal. I yeah. like to think that I am. I 
I truly believe that the 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 two parties are different in their approach, but again, beholden to the same big pharma, big oil. I mean, there's a reason that lobbyists are are stationed in Washington and and in as involved in government as as they are. I mean, and, you know, Donald Trump's not not draining any swamp. I hope you two guys aren't aren't like you didn't fall for that. Baloney, I think did uh, you? I think he's been waiting. I think what I think is going to happen is a that, long game. Yeah, I really do. I think that he's focusing on a lot of things that he can accomplish during his first term to get them done, and then he was worried that taking aim at the political enemies due to criminal or you know right. crazy behaviors would would hurt him politically. So I think he's waiting until he gets his second term, and then he's going to crack the hammer down on all these political gangsters, basically. I mean, I'd like to see that, too, and i like to think that would be true. But mm-hmm. it, Washington, D.C. has been a swamp. It's always going to be a swamp. And even when Trump leaves, it's going to get swampier. I don't <laughs> yeah. think I don't think it's ever good. You're never going to clean out the corruption because people human are corrupt. by human nature. People yeah. are corrupt. And that's just the way it goes. That's just the way of the world. Have you ever mm-hmm. met somebody that you really like? And you start talking to that person and you're like, there's no way you think that kind of craziness. It's happened to me. Sure. <laughs> How many girlfriends have I had? Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think I married Sorry, that one. The one I think I married her. <laughs> Uh, you know, look, th- this is uh, this is an interesting time in America. Sure, is. absolutely, yes, it is. And I I asked a question last time. I I ask this to people all the time. Like going forward, the show's called "Divided We Stand" because that's what we are, and I I honestly don't ever see it going back. Do you guys see any? chance for america to gel without making all the leftists move out of the country well here's the thing the left and the right represent two totally opposing diametrically opposing philosophies that can never be reconciled the right represents individualism the left representing collectivism at its founding and its core principles, the United States is based on individualism. So for as long as people are, you know, pushing collectivism, there can never be a bridged divide because the two ideologies are inherently incompatible. Yeah, they'll never they'll never mesh. They'll always clash yeah. with each other. It's 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 that's it. Basic uh, individual rights. What's conservatives believe? Liberals, collectivism. We think uh, bigger government or socialist ideologies or entitlements, things like that. Uh, conservatives will never buy into that and never believe that. And liberals will never believe. Not that liberals don't believe in individual rights, but they will put the collective rights above, you know, the individual rights. And it might not be that huge of a deal if this was a common common thing throughout the world but everywhere else mm. collectivism takes the day with every other go- every other com- country every other government nobody mm. else has a bill of rights enshrined nobody else has a republic designed to protect the individual rights so the reason things get so heated here with the divide is because 
people who are backers of individualism have nothing else to fall back on. This is the last only bastion of individualism in the entire planet. And mm-hmm. people will never back down and let it be snuffed out and merged into the collective of the other collectivists. So when, when Trump talks about the left wanting to destroy America, is that what you think it is? Absolutely. 100 uh, percent. That's what you think. I, it is? I, I do. Because if you look at the Constitution, there really is nothing that the Constitution says about collectivism or defending collectivism. It's the individual rights. You know, God gave us all uh, individual rights uh, with inalienable rights. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That's not a collective thing. That's an individual. That's an individual thing. It's a unique thing in the world. Every place, it's the only time in history that there's been a society with a government designed to enshrine and protect the rights of the individual. Absolutely. And, um, you know, I've mentioned it before. I'm directly descended from a Revolutionary War major general who fought and died to Mm. establish that. And, and so inherently in That's my true. blood, um, I recognize that people will never back down mm-hmm. when it comes to uh, protecting and preserving the U.S. Constitution. It's we the people. And it's a voluntary collective. Oh, it's always been a voluntary collective. Right. right. That's the, that's the coolest part about it. So we all work together by preserving right. our individuality. Right. But but so uh, essentially what you're saying is, let's say for healthcare, for instance, I have healthcare. I don't have healthcare for the record. Sorry, you don't sucks to be you. Yeah. Well, I don't have healthcare and I'm arguing that the government should not give me healthcare. So that's pretty much all you need to know. Uh, How would you, how could you dare say Duncan in the year 2020 in the most industrialized piece of land in, in the history of the earth could you say? Could you suggest that basic health care isn't an alienable human right? I will explain exactly why, <clears throat> and I'll give a counter argument where I would be willing to compromise when it comes to this issue. I love it. <laughs> um, one person's services and labor can never be another person's right. If if you are claiming a right yep. to a service or a good provided by somebody else, that would mean that the individual providing that good to you for free would effectively be functioning as a slave. So you have the right to to defend yourself. You have the right to say what you want, to pursue happiness. But your, your rights end where another person's rights begin. And you can never claim somebody else's work or service as a right of your own. If the government's paying the people to do it, then they're not a slave. They're then paid the, third party. Then the taxpayers would be the slave doing the work. But we're the already the takes. slave. Right. You so this I, is you and I a thousand percent agree on income tax, the illegality of income taxes. Right. Okay. And it's, it's the ends justify the means thing again. You can't justify the ends saying that everybody gets health care by allowing a corrupt means of infringing on individual rights to gain the monetary requirements to fund it. But here's the thing. Here's well where I will concede and. And I'm willing to compromise. Duncan's pointing at me, so I know it's serious. <laughs> yeah. It's the first time he's ever pointed at me like this. All right. Concede a little bit. I'll yeah, yeah, take yeah. a point in the face. We meant, I mentioned it last week that if I, was, if I were president, what I would do is I, I want people to be healthy and I want people to be taken care of. And we all want the same things. We, it's important to remember, divided we stand, no matter what side of the aisle that we're on, that we to recognize we all want the same things. We want people to be happy, free, wealthy, healthy, and independent. 
the, the, the difference between our sides occurs with how we choose to reach that point. My position is to, to try to avoid infringing on people's rights in the process of getting there. But nowadays, we have, what, 900 overseas military bases, trillions of dollars being spent overseas for foreign countries who, yeah, need help or whatever, but um, our people here are going without health insurance. What I would do is create I – would, I would cut – drastically cut foreign spending um the you know the the global policing efforts that we've been undertaking for decades and i would bring a lot of that money back home and use it to help people here so i would authorize temporary socialized quote-unquote healthcare programs to give people the the resources that they need to to get healthy and then get off the system um there's the people of this country have been squeezed economically so badly over the past decades by inflation of the currency devaluing people's savings all this money being spent overseas that it's just less affordable now also the, the 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 monopolization or oligopolization of the healthcare industry and the way that the government has involved building them up massively with no checks or legitimate compensation uh, competition to maintain prices at a stable level. The prices have skyrocketed. So it's just unaffordable now. And I would take money from overseas. I'd use it here to help people get healthy, help give people education that they need to be successful and independent. I'm not for health, for socialized anything, but considering that financial powers in this country have for three generations now stolen wealth from the future and devalued our currencies and diminished our capabilities to fend for ourselves and be independent i think that it's the government's duty to repay the people what has been stolen from them which is their capability and their capacity to to provide for themselves and i would do so by bringing the money home focusing it temporarily on elevating everybody here and then putting people in a position where they're no longer relying on the system, ideally. So that's where I would concede. Then let me ask you one more thought. Would you be okay with free education of state universities? I think that that should be up to states. Um, The federal government has no authority to be involved with education under Article 1, Section 8. I think that decisions like that need to be made up up to states to decide how they run their school systems, how they, the, the, the greatest thing about the United States of America, it's designed as a federative polity where 50 states all work together, but all have their own individual practices, their own individual, anything that's, the 10th Amendment says that anything not listed in Article 1, Section 8, delegated powers of Congress, is left exclusively to the states and the people. So this serves to create essentially 50 separate laboratories of experimentation where each state comes up with their own ideas, their own systems. Places that do it well will attract tourism, attract people that want to move there. States with policies that the people don't like will lose residents. Competition amongst states will will bring the best policies to the top and will draw will will draw other states to emulate the successful states where people are happy and people are being taken care of. So I would argue that the states should be making a lot more independent decisions um, 
outside of federal influence that would allow this system to function for the first time in who knows how long since the federal government has made all these massive infringements over states' rights over the years. I can say what he said. He's right. Yeah. But here, here's um, here's where I believe that government can help. I, I do I do believe in some help from the government. When um, I first got married, uh, I was out of a job. I, lo- I, I just recently got laid off. And so my wife is pregnant. She, uh, you know, was ready to give birth, had to go to the hospital. I said, well, what am I going to do? I have no health insurance. I mean, I can't pay for this. So we stepped in and we took uh, the Title 19 from the state. I had no choice. I had to do it. So uh, that covered the hospital. That covered everything else, the epidurals and all that, the medicine, whatever she needed. And uh, we had to go on that WIC program because after my son was born, you know, we, and, but once I found a job, because I was out there looking, I was out there pounding the pavement. Once I found a job, I was saying, now I'm more self-sufficient. We're going to quit this WIC program. We're going to get off this Title 19 and we're now going to be self-sufficient because now I can pay for mm-hmm. my wife, my family. Government was there when I needed it, but I didn't want to stay on the government though like that because I knew I would never be able to advance or get ahead or move ahead. So it's there when you need it. I'm all for the government helping people when they need it because I'm, I'm a living example of that. So but I'm, not staying on the government though. So how about this? Obviously... Like I've said before, I'm against socialized programs. That would include welfare. Mm-hmm. But there are absolutely legitimate cases where people would need help absolutely, in a yeah. state like this. So yeah. think about this. I mentioned this to you last week, Joe. It's the year 2020. We have the most advanced technology and capabilities ever. Before, hundreds of years ago, we would need to rely on the government to decide where the money is spent. If we're going to be paying taxes, there should be a federal website where every year People who pay taxes get to go on the federal website and delegate where their money gets spent. So if people are in favor of welfare-style programs, they can choose to delegate their tax money to fund said programs to help people out. There should be a, a, a parallel website to whitehouse.gov with an entirely voluntary donation system where people can choose to support programs that they deem worthy by the federal government, like welfare programs and mm-hmm. things like that. There's no reason people shouldn't be able to to choose how their money is spent. It's like 2020. The, because the collective and just dump it equally in all of them is 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 not individual. Well, if, if at the end of the day, am I wrong? Is that what you're saying? You're going to pay in. I want to pick where it goes. I would argue at the end of the day, I don't think any program is going to get any more money than they probably would as it stands now. Uh, I, I I would argue that the Davy Crockett argument that. The Congress does not have the the, the authority or the moral um, moral um, standing or what you know what I'm trying to say. The, the they're not morally in the right taking public money and designating it to private causes. This was an argument that Davy Crockett made in Congress in the 1800s that where he totally changed Congress's mind and and won the argument, et cetera. But that's why he's a legend. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm arguing that nowadays we have the means to to create voluntary systems of funding for things like this. With If leftists believe that there should be socialized health care and socialized systems like this, they should put you know their, the, their money where their mouth is and have the opportunity to delegate funds for that cause. It would allow people to have a much greater say 
in the functions of federal government. If, if people decide that they don't want to fund something, nobody decides to designate their money to that federal program, that's telling you that it's not a good program. Nobody mm. wants it. The power of the people to choose how their money gets spent can't go wrong with properly informed consumers making decision, decisions mm. with their own money. Exactly. Well, I got to tell you, I enjoyed this conversation. I like I like that you're willing to bend a little bit. I, I do. I'm I'm serious. I'm and I and I'll, you're looking at me like I'm mocking no, you. No, no, not at all. Not to at me, all. that's what this is all about. Is is finding a way to bridge the divide a little bit. Right. We're all we all have the same end goals in yes, mind. Yes, we do. Absolutely. And I recognize the injustice that's been done on the people to put them in this position where people don't have health care and things like that. And I think that there is a method to reverse the injustice, but not on a you know a permanent socialist. No. Way just right. just a, a temporary system to reverse the theft of the value of the dollar that's occurred over the past uh, you know one hundred and seven years. We invite you to join the conversation at clovercrestmedia.com backslash divided we stand. You can also uh, comment on our Facebook page. Any any final thoughts before we wrap this up? Uh, again, a, a historic week. Don't love a president kind of gloating, you know, that he that he beat the system uh, again. Technicality. No, nobody should walk away feeling proud of themselves for winning on a technicality. That, well, that's not that's not what champions. I think do. the technicality helps, but I don't think there is anything wrong in the first place. So the technicality just expedited the process. As soon as these mics go off, I'm going to start screaming at you with all the <laughs> insane things I think you said tonight. Uh, make sure you check us out on Facebook. You can also tweet at me at Podcaster Joe. You're, what, you got a Twitter handle, Duncan? Uh, not a good one. Not a good one. Not, not a good one? Not one that anybody should ever see. Not yet. <laughs> not well, yet. I'll make one. We'll, 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 we'll have to get on Twitter. Got to yeah. get a little more interactive with the fans. Uh, we'll be back next week. Uh, Victoria will be back. Kind of Good. balance the scales a little bit. Yes, looking Great. forward to that. For Duncan McPherson and Michael Gadiosi, I'm Joe McGuire. We thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of Divided We Stand. Hashtag forever acquitted. <laughs> <laughs> you better not edit that out. <laughs>